So I'm Seth. And I'm Jessica. And this is not quite the hippie science variety hour. Little bit of a departure from our usual content, but we wanted to bring a special episode in light of current events. Yeah, so with everything that's going on with the coronavirus or COVID-19, as it's more appropriately called, I suppose. Have you heard um, the thing where you can say COVID-19 to Hello Irene? Hello Eileen. I don't even know what Hello Irene is. Hello Eileen. Okay. The Hello Eileen. Oh, I swear. By oh. That. Yeah. At this yeah, moment. Yeah, okay. So, uh, whatever. You everything. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> Um, I'm not coughing because I have the virus. <laughs> uh, at least I hope not. Yeah. Uh, you did get the so, swine flu, so watch those words, sir. Yeah, yeah. So we we were talking a lot recently. Um, we we were <laughs> we we talked a little bit about this in a in a previous episode, right when it was first starting, and neither of us really took it all that seriously. No, we didn't. And we do now yeah as as we feel everyone should exactly um so we thought it would be a good thing to just compile a lot of resources because these are things i'm not really seeing much right not collectively Um, together at all yeah a lot of like sporadic one post here where you could you know find this one resource or this one video but i haven't seen something with it all compiled together Right, so Jessica, you went through and found a lot of resources that are probably going to be most, like, very practical much sooner than the things I talk about. Which is odd. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but the the things I talk about are, are not bad things to know just in general. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, we, we thought it would be good. We're not trying to be alarmist in any way, but we certainly wanted to just get... A, a big compilation of all of this, and this is going to be a, a, a very detail-heavy um, sort of bonus feature that we're releasing. Very, it's not a regular episode. It's very declarative. It's very information-heavy. Yeah, it's really us taking turns telling telling you about things that we've we've looked up. Right, right. right. It's um, you're going to get financial uh, resources on here, um, places to reach out for food. Uh, <clears throat> And a lot of fun things in the latter latter half of the episode that we discuss, um, free museums, virtual things to do, things to kind of like feed your mind and your heart and your right now amidst all the chaos. And then, especially especially if you're homebound right now, right? And you did a lovely job of talking about some basic survival type things that you can learn to make pretty easy. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, not meaning to be alarmist, but if things do, for some reason, slide off in a, you know... If the cheese comes know, off the cracker. <laughs> right. If things get very bad, I just want to make sure that, you know, everyone everyone can be prepared in, in so, sort of basic survival uh, things that you need to do. I mean, really, if you want to fuck off to the woods to avoid the virus completely... The part of the episode that I was talking is really going to be uh, for you. Yeah, it is. It um, is. And if you're wanting to get started in prepping in any fashion, this is the episode for you. This is a very good intro to what you need to know in case shit goes sideways. 
Yeah, I saw a tweet the other day that said, uh, you know, preppers are low-key looking pretty good right now. Yeah, they are. And, yeah, um, they are. You know, even though I've always just made fun of them, you know, it's one of those things that it's not impractical to have a contingency plan in place right. for, you know, if this shit hits the fan. Right. Um, and we, so we, we will brush on a few things in this episode that are going to be somewhat health related and things that you can do. Um, neither of us are in any way health professionals. No, right? no we are not. And this um, is not medical advice in any fashion. No, no. Uh, you should always do your due dil- do your due diligence because, uh, you know, sometimes we're fucking idiots. Right. Uh, sometimes we think we know what we're talking about and we can be completely wrong. Don't trust uh, anybody that- in this day. Don't even trust us. Like, don't trust us to do your research for you. Don't trust what someone just says. Look into right. it for yourself. Yeah. Also, um, so it's a very detail heavy episode We're we're actually taking the time to like type up and make separate documents that you can not only just link to, you can download the file yourself. Right. Right. Um, if you want to print this stuff out and have it in case, you know, you lose electricity or something that's going to be available to you. We'll share it on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it'll, it's going to be up on our website. It's, it's going to be available to you if you want it or feel that you need it or any of the above. And the website is www.hippysciencepodcast.com. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is us just talking for a long time about things you can do if you need. So we hope you enjoy the episode, guys. This is our little way to take care of everybody when we can't physically take care of anybody. (laughs) Yeah, stay safe. Stay safe, guys. So, uh, we talked about coronavirus a little bit in one of our previous episodes. In a very flippant fashion. In a very flippant fashion. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm here to eat crow a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Yeah. Uh. Um, I was, I was talking with someone in the medical field earlier today about how I didn't really think it was going to be all that big of a deal. And she said she felt the same way. And now we're both just like, ah, this is a, this is kind of rough. This is a big fucking deal. Yeah. So. Yeah. We, uh, Jessica and I have decided today we, we just want to talk about some of the resources that people might want to be aware of, um, both while this is going on and if things were to deteriorate, not that I think it will, but just in case, if things were to deteriorate to a level where you have a hard time getting clean water or medicine or things of that nature. Right. So, yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to say on the topic or am I just going to ramble? Let's start. No, no, no. Let's start off with what they have started as the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act. Under this, you can get FMLA benefits, um, paid sick leave, tax credit, and free testing. So I'm going to link a website for all the information from that. Because, I mean, I'm not going to rattle off a bunch of websites on mic it just sounds real weird yeah we should we should go ahead and say 
right here at the top. So we're going to, on our website and on our social media, we're going to publish the 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 things that we say in this show in writing so that, you know, in case, you know, that's how you process it better or, you know, you would just like to have a resource. I'm going to do my best to write most of it out without linking to a lot of stuff. So just in case for, you know, some reason people lose electricity or their internet goes out or something, you could, you know, print it and have a physical copy maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the things that you're talking about, you know, in the, along the lines of these programs and things are the things that people are going to need first, right? Yeah. So right. Uh, go ahead. And if I have any questions, yeah. I'll ask. So everybody, kind of the basis for this is my day job. I am a grant writer. So I wanted to be able, um, in my day-to-day life, I research real fast, find out where the programs are assistance things like that so i thought it would be really good to have a kind of compiled list so that our listeners you can share it use it for yourself what have you but that to have it all together so you're not spending hours researching where to find help when you need it immediately so we talked about the family's first coronavirus response act The next one I want to talk about is the United Way Community Relief Fund. You can call the number 1-866-211-9966. You provide your zip code and they will they'll give you an automated list of local agencies in your area that will provide assistance to you. So we're talking like they'll tell you food banks, things like that that you need to have access to pretty quickly. Any kind of testing will be eventually leaked through there as well. Um, so let me see the next one that, Ooh, I just had deja vu. Really? Yes. And even deja vu about saying I had deja vu. Okay. Well, we'll gloss over the fact that we're in the matrix and we are. Yeah. And shit's getting weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. Continuing on, so for immediate food assistance, call the USDA National Hunger Hotline. You can contact them at one eight six six three hungry, or at one eight six no, or one eight seven seven eight hombre. Why would oh for the Spanish? <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. I mean, I even wrote this, but the deja vu threw me off. Okay. So, okay. So your hotline, if you're hungry now, you need help now for English speaking, speaking is 1-866-3-HUNGRY. For Spanish is 1-877-8-HOMBRE. Can you spell those? Uh, Hungry, H-U-N-G-R-Y. Why? So the number would be 866-348-6479. For Spanish would be 1877-842-6273. Awesome. Okay. Everybody got that? <laughs> so I got more. I'm listening. <clears throat> 
along the lines of hunger too because a lot of people just don't grow their own food anymore don't know how to forage things like that you can find your local food bank through the following resources job center plus a social worker citizens advice children's centers your local authorities and public or probation officers I'm not sure if they're going to be taking calls like that. So lean towards your other directions first. Um, Job Center Plus, a social worker, Citizens Advice, uh, Children's Centers, and then you can Google where your local food bank is as well. So on to the next. Um, A big industry that has already really stepped up for the people affected by the virus are the restaurant bar industry service industry people so I really I got I think there's about 10 different relief funds already set up that I've got um, the names of so I'm going to rattle those off for you I know this is not as engaging but this could mean the difference between someone eating and someone not so <clears throat> There's the community, the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation is the Crisis Relief Fund. Um, All of these are grant processes where you go through a questionnaire and then you're awarded free money. These are not loans, nothing like that. Bartender Emergency Assistance Program, Grub Hub Community Relief Fund, Rethink Restaurant Response Program, Hook Hall helps chef david goss plus real food for kids family meal p as in paul d as in dog x as in x-ray and the new orleans business alliance relief fund you would just have to google their phone numbers i didn't do all that (laughs) I mean, I think that'd be plenty, uh, and we can we can put those on the on the list that we publish, right? Yeah, I'm gonna ha- have all of this written out in front of me. I've got three pages worth of resources for people. Right? Uh, do you have more? Um, no, that's all for the financial that's in place right now. Um, I have some free fun things to do to kind of keep us from all going cabin fever mad. Right. So, do you want to save that in, until after the? more like survivalist type stuff yeah i want to yeah we're going to lead off with the information you need to know and then we're going to wrap up with information you might want to know right (laughs) so something i've been thinking a lot about is so i worry about a situation where when when I mean, we, we've all seen already that grocery stores are being stripped bare. I mean, I mean, you right. probably haven't because you don't ever leave that fucking mountain you're on. But no, I don't. I order my groceries. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I've been to several stores in the last few days. I'm, you know, I'm trying to minimize the, the amount that I go out. But, I mean, the meat section in stores like Walmart, barren. I've been told that. Um Obviously, there's this crazy toilet paper craze that's going on right now. Um, so my brother figured out the problem with the toilet paper. What? And I laughed so hard. 
he was streaming and he was like, look, I've, I've figured out why everybody's made a mad panic for toilet paper. Because I sneezed around someone today and they shit their pants. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but the thing, the thing that I'm most worried about is if there does become a situation where there's a large shortage of stuff, right? Already they're, I mean, they're, they're keeping, you know, quotes, essential workers in place, but right. I think with things being scaled back as much as they are, um, especially if people start panicking, they might take to the streets, you know, uh, yeah. it's not unheard of to have riot type situations in, in these times. And I mean, I live in a city, so I take this very seriously. Uh, and the reputation of the city you live in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of the most violent cities in America. But, yeah, you know, that's beside the point right now. Um, <laughs> so I I have family in the country and I've already communicated with them. If things start getting kind of weird, start going kind of sideways here, I'm going to get away. I mean, that's better. Yeah, I bug mean, out. Yeah, that's better in, in a, you know, a contagion type situation anyway. But until, you know, my work is called off, I'm I'm going to stay here. Or until things get, you know, to a point where I don't feel that I'm safe staying here. Um, right, right. I worry, especially in rural areas, power goes pretty fast, right? Yeah, it does. Um, lines get damaged and, you know, if there's massive upset going on, then there's a chance things won't come back all that fast. And I worry about people running out of water primarily right uh Mm -hmm. and if if you find yourself in a situation where you're having a hard time getting water for one it's been a rainy year which is very good for for this right you can collect rain right you can collect rainwater um pretty much everyone is near some body of water right relatively and unless you live in a a really deserty type area Yeah, yeah um and even then there's probably something close enough that you can go with some buckets and bring back a fair amount. Um, so you can, you can make a filter out of like gravel, right? Um, find some sort of tube that you can get it all into and, you know, sand and rocks. If, if you pour muddy water through sand and rocks, it'll come out the other side clear, right? That's a good thing to do. Um, also, you can use activated charcoal in that, right? So you can make like a layer of sand, like fine sand with a layer of activated charcoal on top of that with a layer of like more coarse sand on top of that. And, you know, maybe another layer of activated charcoal. And on top of that, you can have like rocky gravelly type uh, sand. And that's good. You want your bigger. So the thought process behind this is you want your bigger rocks to catch the larger debris at the top. Right. And then and as it gets as smaller, it gets further down, the smaller things can get caught without the bigger things clogging up the more fine areas. Right. Um now, if you've gotten water from, you know, a lake or a stream or something like that, it's not guaranteed to be free of, you know, harmful bacteria. So after you've filtered it, you can then boil it and you should be fine even better than boiling it though is distilling it 
right? And mm-hmm. distilling it, the way I learned to distill things in, in school is just not uh, <laughs> quite practical and most people aren't going to have distillation equipment of their own. But right. if you were to get a small like grate or rack or something and put it inside of a, a big pot, right? Say you've got just a big stove pot with like a metal handle on it. If you put water in the bottom of it and put a glass bowl on top of that uh, grate that you put inside of it, you can flip the the lid of the thing upside down and put ice on top of that lid, right? Um, Or just cooler water if you don't have access to ice, which you should be able to get pretty... Even if the electricity's out, you can get the the dirty water that you're trying to purify, right? You can put that in the lid of it, put it in the shade somewhere. That'll cool the lid of the pot sufficiently so that when you're heating the the water that you've put under the grate, then it can the steam will rise and it'll hit the lid that you've cooled. And the, the droplets, when it condensates onto the lid, will go into that bowl, and you'll get a bowl full of distilled water, right? That's probably going to be... There's another way to do it that's easy, too. Okay, let's hear it. Tea kettle. You take a tea kettle, um, copper tubing. You're thinking, think old school distillery, like you see the yeah. worms and everything. Take a tea kettle, put your water in it, attach a copper hose to the spout where the steam would come out run that into a bottle your steam will roll down the copper pipe condensate and produce still um distilled water into your collector right you also want to make sure that you sterilize that copper pipe right yeah so you can put that copper pipe into some boiling water or something and that will sterilize it right um When you once you've distilled water, that water it's not great to drink soft water, right? And that's soft water because you've once you've distilled it, you've gotten all the metals and salts and everything out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. You want to get like a pinch of salt, uh, like not a ton, right? You don't want to make it salt water, but a pinch of salt, which is sodium chloride. Those are important electrolytes. You can throw that off in there, like not a whole lot, just like a pinch, right? Just to make it so that mm-hmm. it's not just soft water because what'll hap- what can happen anyway is when you when you drink distilled water, you can deplete your electrolytes in your body and that can make it hard for you know, say neurons like electrical connections to right. to transmit the electrical impulses down and across the cell, right? So, I mean, drinking a little bit of distilled water isn't going to hurt you too much, but it's better, especially if you have some Epsom salts or something, you know, a pinch of that in mm-hmm. there too, because then you're going to get magnesium, right? Right. And you need Right. That. So distilling water is, after you've filtered it, is probably going to be your best bet. Now, I when I talked about the filter, I said activated charcoal could go in the filter. Um, that's a good thing to have i know not everyone would have it and you can get away with doing a filter without activated charcoal but if you can have activated charcoal and you can and i'm going to tell you how um 
you don't have to just have massive amounts of it on hand, right? I know some people buy, like, I know, Jessica, you use it by the fistful, right? Yeah, I do. Um, mm-hmm. This stuff is very, very useful to have around in, in a situation that's even slightly survival-oriented, right? Because, number one, you can filter it, and that's going to that's gonna bind some of the sort of ions and stuff that's in it. And the heavy metals. Yeah, and the heavy metals. It's it's going to help purify the water as much as possible. Because if you're like me, you probably live near uh, a river that you know like chemical companies are putting stuff into. Hey, hold mm-hmm. on a second. I need to... So making activated charcoal is pretty easy, actually. I didn't know this until just now. And I feel like I could have saved you and me both, Jessica, a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> um so for to make activated charcoal what you need uh one thing you can just find out in, out in the world right which is hardwood right uh never a bad idea to have yourself like a list of hardwood trees and their identifying factors right but uh, a good indicator is like, oak trees are pretty common to most of the most of north america right and pretty easily identified. Yeah, acorns. If you yeah. see acorns, oak trees are generally hardwood. Um, pine trees, I believe, are as well. Right? Those are easy. I mean, every I hope everyone knows what a pine tree looks like. Um, <laughs> they have needles. <laughs> and cones. And they're, and they're green all the time. Yeah. So, you get hardwood and you burn that wood. Right? And you want... You want to burn the wood so that, you know, you have that black charcoal burnt wood, right? Then you get that wood and you can wrap it up in a sheet or, you know, some type of bag. And then with some blunt instrument, just bang it until it's powdered out. Mm -hmm. Then what you'll do is get a, you'll make a solution. And I'm, when I make, you know, when I type up my list, I'll have it all, you know, ratioed and everything. Uh, but you're going to make a solution of calcium chloride. And you can get calcium chloride at the grocery store. Not a bad idea to just go pick some up. Uh, because you can also use it in, like, canning and preserving, right? And people probably haven't bought it. They haven't. I was in the store yesterday. Right. I bought some yesterday. Okay, good. Um, good. Calcium chloride is also known as pickle crisp. Um, and you can just find, like, I, I looked at the back of the pickle crisp that I found. It's, it's probably going to be near the jars, right? If, if there's a part of your store with mason jars, um, it'll probably be close to that. And you can look at the back of a thing of pickle crisp because there are also, um, things that are packets of stuff that are specifically for pickling and that's going to be geared more toward like making different flavors and stuff but look at the back of it and there's one ingredient and that ingredient's calcium chloride um i think it's a third i didn't know it was that easily available yeah that's pretty it cool. is uh i bought two jars that are 5.5 ounces each and the recipe for like a pretty large amount of activated charcoal that i found called for like three ounces so Oh, okay. Yeah. It, you don't need a whole lot. Uh, not a bad idea to get. It is hard to make if you can't. 
uh, get it, right? If you can't purchase yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah. if you could, what you would do is find some limestone. You know, that's that, that white sort of, it gets used in gravel sometimes, uh, white stone. But you would need to dissolve that stone in hydrochloric acid, which you can get hydrochloric acid at um, hardware stores. It's called muriatic acid commonly, but it's not going to be pure hydrochloric acid. So there might be like fillers in there. I, I even for me, uh, and I, I do this type of stuff for a living. I, I don't necessarily recommend trying to distill the impurities out of hydrochloric acid that you can buy in a store. Right. So right. probably just stock up on this stuff while you can. Um, and yeah, there are a few steps where you dry out the wood and pour your, I think it's a 30% solution of calcium chloride and in, in soft water. So you're going to want to distill water for this. In distilled water, you make a 30% solution. So say, you know, 100 grams total, you're going to want 30 grams of calcium chloride and 70 grams of water, right? That simple. And then... Once you have your ash, um, you know, powdered out, then you just pour the calcium chloride solution over it and mix it well so that it becomes like a paste and then just spread it out on maybe wax paper or, um, you know, if you have to, you can do it on like a bed sheet or pillowcases, um, cheesecloth works well, um, in a, in a, if you can't get cheesecloth, you can actually use, <clears throat> um, you know, those disposable diapers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they might actually kind of suck as diapers, but they work well as uh, cheesecloth. Gauze does as Gauze, well. Gauze, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Something like that where you can just spread it out thin enough that it's going to dry. Uh, it's better if you can put it into an oven type thing, but, you know, if you're out of electricity... Obviously, you know, you, you just, you want it to dry. Uh, so that's, that's going to be activated charcoal, which is good for, you know, filters, like I said before. Also, it's good for, it's what they actually use in hospitals to treat poisoning, right? Um, and um, overdoses. Yeah, overdose. That's just a version pump, of poisoning. They pump your stomach and put the tube down. Yeah, I've, I've been with someone who overdosed in a hospital and they gave they gave that person activated charcoal first and they were mm-hmm. going to pump that person's stomach. But when, when they drank the activated charcoal, they threw up and they said, okay, since you threw up, we actually don't have to pump your stomach anymore. So right, it works that way. Uh, it's gross. You're not going to like it, but no, it's not um, especially <laughs> in a time where, if you find yourself in a position where you need to forage for food and you're not extremely familiar with some of the things you might be foraging, um, there's a decent chance you'll get sick from some of it, right? Like Mm -hmm. not uh, mother nature ain't as gentle as people like to act like she is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you can learn to forage. It just takes, it it takes time. And I highly, highly, highly recommend getting a book that, helps you identify plants and tells you about them. I actually... Especially native to your area. Native to your area. Uh, native uh, uh, Native American books often are good for things like that. Very, very good. Yeah. 
I have a um, medicinal guide that my grandmother gave me, and it is absolutely probably my most used reference for herbal remedies. Yeah, I actually just bought an herbal remedy book uh, a couple of days ago in my local uh, metaphysical store where they sell all the herbs. <laughs> Um, that makes my heart so happy. Yeah. You have no um, idea. It's called Earthwise Herbal Volume 1. Uh, nice. Yeah, old, a complete guide to old world medicinal plants. Um, nice. Right, this is another thing where um, I, some people take medication that they might run out of if things get kind of yeah. rough. Uh, medications that I'm particularly, like, most actively concerned about are going to be things like uh, diabetes medications, right? Insulin. Insulin. Uh, a lot of people take metformin, right? Yeah. Uh, now, there's an herb called fenugreek, F-E-N-U-G-R-E-E-K, I think. Um, you can get fenugreek seed, right? I don't know where it's native to, so I'm not going to say you could find it. But, you know, if you were to go out looking for it, you you could probably find it in a in a store where they sell herbs. Um, fenugreek is is known to help manage those type of problems, right? Like to regulate the blood sugar. Uh-huh. But I'm saying this is yeah. like an absolute emergency type thing if you have to, right? Obviously, don't stop taking the do- the medication your doctor gave you and start taking this because you know we love we love herbs on this show, but we don't want to. Lead. We're not giving medical advice. We're saying if it comes to the situation where you don't have access to your medication, these are options right. to help. Right. Um, we're not doctors. By We are not yeah. doctors. <laughs> um, but I would, I would really recommend that. Um, obviously, you're, you might be having a hard time eating anyway in that situation, but... If you aren't scarce on resources, you're going to want to make sure to eat things that aren't going to fuck with your blood sugar in ways that you know it will, right? Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people, when they get distressed, they try to turn to food for comfort. But this is specifically the kind of time where you really got to mind your P's and Q's on that kind of shit. Right, right. Um, yeah, foraging. I really don't know that much about foraging, but now's a great time to go <laughs> at least print off some guides. Um, and yeah, like I said, be careful if uh, you, while you're looking up those guides, um, print off like the ways to use activated charcoal in those situations. Right. Um, if you eat something like that from that you forage and you start feeling sick, you're going to want to take something like that as soon as possible. Right. You're going to want to throw up and you're going to want to take something like that. Make yourself throw up. Stick your fingers down your throat. I don't care if you're one of those people who doesn't like throwing up or you have a hard time making yourself throw up. You can. You can. Yeah, you can. Um, so there's also the question of preserving food, right? Um, and one of these old world ways of preserving things is with salt. Um yeah. Now, there's a chance that salt might become kind of scarce pretty quick if, if things go haywire, right? So, good idea to stock up on some salt. And I'm, I'm not just talking about, like, get an extra thing of salt. Um, like, get If you could salt. go to, like, a local... Um, I know we have co-ops here. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
like a farming supply type store, you can buy like 50 pound bags. Um, mm-hmm. Good thing to have. If you live near a body of salt water, you can scoop up a whole bunch of water and similarly to what we were saying with the distillation earlier on very low heat like you you want it to barely be steaming right it'll take a long time but you can boil all of the water out of your salt right right um and you can get just pure sea salt that way and salt is pretty naturally antiseptic and that's why people use it to preserve things um so you know say you have some meat that and now your 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 electricity is just gone out. You don't know when it's going to come back on. You can basically cover the the meat that you have in salt, right? Um, one way I saw someone do it is they they got a sort of pot. Uh, now you're going to want to sterilize the pot anyway. Any any time you're going to store something, you should try and sterilize it, right? Um, I saw someone who made like a salt brine, which is pretty much like, you know, get some distilled water, put a bunch of salt in it. You like, you want to almost saturate it as much as it can be. Right. Um, like right. as much salt as you can get in there without the salt, like not dissolving in the water. Uh, so you want to make like a salt brine like that. And then, uh, if you'd put like a layer of salt on the bottom of the jar and then put, a piece of meat in, right? And then cover that piece of meat and salt and then put another piece of meat in and cover that piece of meat and salt and repeat the process until the jar is full. Then with that salt brine, you could pour the brine over that already... And and you want all the space in the jar full before you start right, trying right. to add the salt water, right? And the reason... Air is the enemy when preserving. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Um, if you know how to... Um, can things or jar thing, like you know, that type of thing. Now's a great time to stock up on shit like that. Um, yeah, yeah. If you, you know, when you, when you're preserving things in salt, yeah, you want to press down on on the meat as you're putting it in. Make sure you're not having little air pockets in there. And yeah, once you've gotten as much as you can get into it, or as much as you have into it, you, you want to fill in pretty much all the gaps that are visible to you with that salt, press down on it even more to make sure, and then pour that brine over it because the brine is so concentrated with salt already that it's not going to soak up the salt you have in there now. And that right. press down on it even more after you've done that, top it off to the maximum extent of your ability. And then you, you've got preserved food that you don't have to, keep refrigerated um yeah same goes with like vinegar right um you can uh, you can pickle things you can you you've made sauerkraut and kimchi and stuff before right yes so and pickles and pickled squash right so you can pickle things basically by just dropping them in a jar of vinegar and making sure there's no air in it right I mean, pretty much the basic of it. I think it would taste <clears throat> fine that way. Yeah. Um, different people have like different recipes for herbs and things to add into them. But pretty much across the fermenting board, it's vegetable, salt, vinegar, jar. It's really fucking simple. Yeah. 
vinegar is really easy to make too. So tell us how if <laughs> if you have any alcohol, right? Not isopropyl alcohol. I'm talking about ethanol that you drink, right? Uh, if you've got beer, if you've got wine, that will work in making vinegar. <clears throat> so I'm I'm gonna make sure I get the ratios right on on the paper I write about this, but. It's going to have, basically you want, you want to have a few ounces of vinegar as like a starter, right? So, you know, vinegar is not one of those things that's selling out like crazy right now either. There's plenty of it in the fucking stores because people don't think about vinegar like that. Um, Which they should because you can disinfect everything with exactly, it too. Exactly, exactly. Um, vinegar is super, super useful to have and it's not hard to make. You you want to have a vinegar starter, so maybe like six ounces of vinegar that you can add to uh, maybe a quart jar, right? Um, I don't know if a quart. I don't know if that the numbers I'm throwing out are right at this moment, but basically, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put them in writing. Oh, you're real prepared. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, this is... I'm totally teasing But a lot you. of the stuff is totally the basic data. kind of chemistry that I just... I do it already, right? Um, right, it's just second nature. Yeah. If you if yeah. you want to make vinegar, you need... Say you have wine, um, like just a standard amount of wine. That's usually like 14% alcohol, I think. Um, you'll have like one part vinegar to two parts wine to an additional two parts water or something i believe i think i mm-hmm. think those are the ratios that it goes um like i said the resources will be here for you <clears throat> um the there's a there's a fermentation process that takes place after that it shouldn't take an incredibly long time um like within a couple of weeks i think you're ready to use it I'll have that information <laughs> ready for you. Uh, but vinegar, like you said, it's it's really good for cleaning things. It's really good for cleaning mm-hmm. things. Um, it's really good for preserving things. Uh, right. If, if you know a little bit of chemistry, then vinegar is... What, what makes vinegar vinegar and what you're doing when you combine the things that I just said is you're making acetic acid. Um, so if you're a person who knows a little bit of chemistry and you know herbs a little bit, you can do like simple acid base extractions, um, of maybe the active ingredient of those herbs. If you're just trying to make a medicine, right. Um, mm-hmm. you can use vinegar as an acid, right. Okay. Um, you can also get yourself a base through the same sort of process as I was talking about with the activated charcoal um so same same situation hardwood it's important that you use hardwood not softwood um but if you if you burn some hardwood and you scoop up the ashes and you leave those ashes in uh water overnight and then drain the water off of the ashes and then evaporate the water off of the uh what's what's going to be in the um, water is sodium hydroxide from the ashes, right? Which is 
one of the more standard bases that you can make, right? Um, sodium hydroxide is going to be in the water, and you can evaporate the water to a point that you'll have a, a more concentrated sodium hydroxide solution, right? Um, if you want to test the pH of those things, you can get some red cabbage, and you can put it in a pot and cover it, uh, just barely cover it with water, um, boil that and you'll get like a reddish purplish kind of water out of it. And then, um, take a sample of either your vinegar or your ash water. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you can test the pH of it. Right. And the more you evaporate the water off of the, uh, sodium hydroxide, the more concentrated it's going to be, the greater the, um, the, the higher the pH is going to be, it's going to be more basic, right? And basically if you, if you really wanted to, you could make yourself a set of standards using that. So I think it's when you put a drop of that cabbage water into neutral water, it's just going to stay that color, right? It's going to, it's going to stay like reddish purple. If you put it into basic water, it's going to turn like greenish yellow. And if you put it into acidic water, it's going to be like bluish, right? Yeah. And if you, if you were to go out and get some pH test strips, you could really, really narrow this down, right? Because those things are pretty cheap. They'll be at any, any place that has like pool supplies. Um, and you can say, all right, I've got this color water is, you know, pH 2. And this color water is pH 4. This color water is 7. This color water is 8. You know, and on up the scale so that you know exactly what it is using those pH strips. Right? Um, I just think that's 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 a good thing to know. <laughs> uh, if you If you know a little bit of chemistry and you're trying to make some types of medicines right because acid base Mm -hmm. extractions are a huge a huge part of doing this and you can also test the concentration of things using that same method uh but that's that's just that's going off into uh chemistry land that we don't have the fucking time for (laughs) um so another thing that you might want to know how to make is natural hand sanitizer uh, the same alcohol that you were using to make your activated charcoal. Yeah. Um, take aloe gel. Like you, you know, you can find it for some burns, all kinds right. of stuff. And put high grade alcohol into it. Isopropyl Bam. alcohol? Hand sanitizers. Isopropyl huh? alcohol? No, drinking. Drinking alcohol. Drinking alcohol. Yes, drinking alcohol. Okay, that's great. Um, you can also, so... Uh, something that'll probably, if, if, if this were to go on for a long time, you're probably going to run out of soap, right? Like it might be hard to clean yourself. Soap is actually really easy to make. Um, using, using that, uh, sodium hydroxide that you make from the ashes. Um, if you have access to some sort of oils or animal fat, or if you've been cooking with something and there's oil left over right you can use those oils and there's ratios again i'll put it on the on the paper version but (laughs) you're gonna add the sodium hydroxide to the oil and then just like let it sit up 
you're gonna you're gonna whip it into it's like a, a very creamy, like pretty semi solid type state, and then just put it put it away somewhere. You can make bars if you were to you know cut out like a rectangular piece of wood or something, like make a little box, and you can pour it in that box, and then you could cut bars out of it. But that's really all that goes into making soap. Like, you could fancy it up with some essential oils or something, but if, if you're in a situation where you just need to clean yourself or you need to have something to clean other things with, that's really all you need to know. Um, right. The the thing with an alcohol-based soap, you probably could make an alcohol-based soap, and that would be, like, the antibacterial stuff you use in your bathroom, you know? Um, you would just make like a less firm type soap and then add an alcohol solution to it. And it probably would never, you know, solidify. Um, Mm -hmm. and you can make, you can make alcohol pretty easily. Uh, if you have bread yeast, right? Just yeast that you use to make a loaf of bread, you can get it at whole foods or, you know, any type of shop that you would get the things to make bread with. Um, all you really need is you need water, you need um, grains within that water to make it, um, and then add that yeast to it, and that yeast is going to ferment the uh, alcohol to the point where it's going to ferment the, the, the sugars in those grains, and you'll, you'll have alcohol after that. Now, you won't have a okay. particularly high-proof alcohol, but that's another thing where um, once you've made alcohol, you can distill it. Right. And I'm not recommending mm-hmm. drinking any drinking any of this because that's <laughs> that's not going to be good number 1 unless you have a a suffi- like a, a sufficient airlock system. Um you you don't want you want the yeast to be in a an anaerobic environment, right? So you don't want oxygen to be getting to them while they're doing this. So Right. If you put the lid on, uh, say you've got a paint bucket that you're doing this in, right? Uh, obviously clean out the paint bucket as much as possible. Don't drink this <laughs> again. <laughs> really don't, don't drink, drink this. this. Um, but you can, if you can make yourself an airlock, that's not very hard to do. But if it really comes down to it, you can just put the lid on a paint bucket while this is going on and like every day crack the lid for just a second right to let because it's going to produce uh co2 right um right so in canning it's called burping yeah yeah burp it uh mm-hmm. what all you all you have to do is get some grain put that grain in some water it's better to boil it uh also you want to crack the grain so that it's easier to get to the sugars inside of it, right? If you have a straight up fucking bag of sugar, you can dump it in there. Honey, um, anything like that. Anything starchy, vegetable-y, right? People make vodka out of potatoes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can make that. Just, you know, cook it so that the sugars get released into the water a little bit. Let it cool down almost all the way. Then throw the yeast in there and they will do their thing. Um, if you can get like specific, like beer making or wine making yeast, like that's still not out of reach right now, that would work better. But 
if you have to, you can get bread yeast. It'll work just fine. It won't, it won't make as much alcohol, but again, um, once you've got that first batch made, you can keep reusing the yeast from that batch while it's going. So, you know, all you got to do is sterilize something and dip it down in there and, you know, get like a cup, a cup's worth of that fermenting alcohol and dump it into the next batch you want to make and you can keep that going forever. Cool. Yeah. Don't drink it. <laughs> Don't drink it. So one typically readily available herb that um, I would like to rec- like mention is wild lettuce. Yeah, it's a great pain. So killer. wild lettuce is a natural morphine replacement. You can chew it, smoke it, brew it in a tea. I have done all of the above. And it works like a champ, man. It's great. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. I, I wish we could just get into a big herbal thing, but... Herb, uh, yeah. There's, ju- there's, there's too much to cover in a hundred lifetimes. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, there is. One other thing that people can do that you're seeing a rise of, and first... Let me say this is not recommending recommending any essential oil company because this has been around for a lot longer than oh, the thieves oil. Thieves yeah. oil. Yeah. Yeah. You told me about that. I, thieves I went oil. out and got some. Yeah. They used to use it. The reason it's called that is because the um, body robbers, Brave robbers back yeah. in the plague. Yeah. Well, I mean, they weren't really great. They were mass graves. <laughs> They were just, yeah, but they were more just like robbing the dead bodies yeah. more than. Like, yeah, I, I don't know why I felt the need somewhere. to correct you. I'm an asshole. I don't know either, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, they would put um, several drops in their nose and they attribute that to being why they didn't get, didn't get the plague. Yeah. So that's something very handy. I did. I actually looked, looked this up. Um, after you told me about it, the, it's, it's made of essential oils and there are, I'll put it on, on my list, how, how to make it, what essential oils to use. Um, rosemary, rosemary, cinnamon, cinnamon, eucalyptus, clove, I think. Clove. Um, there are different ratios, but at the end of the day, it's, it is actually highly antimicrobial. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 like I understand right now we're, we're dealing with a virus and it, that's not going to stop a virus, but you also don't need to get another infection because right. it, that's really going to hurt your chances. That's going to be the last thing you need. Right. Um, another, another thing you and I talked about was sage, right? Um, there, there's this popular idea, especially in some more new age, uh, circles, that you can burn sage and it'll disinfect the air, right? Um, mm-hmm. You told me that and I was like, that's... I believe it with all of my heart. Okay. So there's no literature to support that, right? I feel like I've seen it. So you sent me something yeah, but where I you said... Yeah, I was brain dead that day. Yeah, okay. as you are a lot of days. Yeah, but it was really bad that day. You sent me something that said, hey, um... See here. Here's 
Sage, and this this shows that yeah, it's been proven to uh, disinfect the air. Um, it is good for a lot of stuff. White Sage, um, which is it's also endangered. So if you don't have to use it, probably try to limit that use. Right? Did you know that? Yes. Um, white Sage is endangered, but it does have medicinal properties. Um, it, it's been confused with another herb that gets used in a similar, uh, you know, people call it smudging. Uh, Mm -hmm. it get another herb that's used in like some Eastern traditions. I believe it gets used in a, in a similar way where people burn it and they take the smoke around their house. If you've ever been to a Catholic church, they do the same thing with incense, right? It's basically just filling the whole place with smoke and, you know, people use it to bless things and, and that type of stuff. But this other herb, I can't remember what it's called. I don't, I never, I didn't recognize the name of it. So I don't think it's widely available, uh, in North America at least, but that does actually clear the, uh, the air of, of bacteria, right? It, it is a natural disinfectant with the smoke. Um, I'm not saying burn and sage will hurt either because I didn't find anything that specifically said sage had been studied in that way, right? So you believe it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. Uh, it also keeps bugs away, right? It does. Um, if you want to, if if you're in a situation where you need to keep mosquitoes from biting you, because we're getting to that part of the year, um, that will keep the mosquitoes away. When when we were recording this up, ep- uh, not this episode, but this podcast when we first started on the porch, we were burning sage basically all the time because mosquitoes were a real problem, really bad problem. Um, yeah. so I mean, and obviously they carry a lot of, you know, terrible shit sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it's good for that, if nothing else. And I'm not saying nothing else. Um, it has been used in chemistry and pharmacology. The medicinal properties can prevent and cure, <laughs> in this article that I'm looking at right now, uh, illnesses such as obesity, diabetes, depression, dementia, lupus, autism, heart disease, and cancer. Right? Um it's got some... And that's an NIH study. Yeah, that's an that's NIH study. That's not some study. woo-woo shit. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely good in in plenty of ways. If you're interested in using it in those ways, I highly recommend <laughs> looking into it, right? Obviously, this is still stuff we're talking about for, like, if you have to. Right. Um. So you think it's time to get to the fun stuff? There was one more thing we wanted to talk one about. One more? What was um, it? Shit. Ticks. Ticks. Yes, Lyme disease. <laughs> Ticks. <laughs> tea tree oil. Tea tree oil. Problem solved. Yeah. So, tea tree oil is a natural tick repellent? Yes. Okay. It um, is. Obviously, this show is very close to um, Lyme disease. We're the official podcast of Lyme Warrior. Jessica, my wonderful co-host, has been living with Lyme disease for years and years. Um, she has and a years. horrible, horrible <laughs> phobia of ticks that has been hard-earned. Yes, I agree. So, mm-hmm. believe her when she says use tea tree, tea tree oil to keep these fuckers off you. For um, real, man. <laughs> earlier in the episode, we were talking about how in a lot of old stories, there was always a village idiot and based on the way that Lyme disease has expressed in Jessica, um, <laughs> we assume they all had Lyme. <laughs> yes, yes. 
I'm not saying that if you have Lyme, you're an idiot. Only Jessica. Only me. Yeah. And I wear it proudly. She does. <laughs> so this is this went on a lot longer than we expected. Yeah, it but, has. Uh, we do want to do a rundown of while we're in the middle of all our social distancing, right? Uh, Jessica has done us all the the um, favor <laughs> of <laughs> compiling resources that are going on right now to keep us happy within our homes away from all all these contagious cooties floating around out there. The cooties. <laughs> yeah. I called it the beer plague. The beer like, plane? Yeah. So, right now there's a lot of really, really cool things happening on the human spirit side of this. Where you're seeing people come together to try to, like, feed each other's soul during this. So, some of the things that you can look into. There's museums and galleries you can visit online. You can literally walk through the top art museums in the entire world for free which is so fucking cool that is really fucking cool and i forgot something what honey honey oh well of course honey honey How do we forget honey honey listen honey is good for pretty much everything if you want to make some alcohol you can dump some honey in there if you want to um just eat it's a great source of nutrition right um it's also highly antiviral you know that used to be a way to kill somebody? What? To torture them. To put them on an only honey diet and they slowly die because it's just enough to sustain you. But slowly you'll die from it. Yeah, don't only eat the honey. I'm not saying, I'm just saying <laughs> it, it it's a really good it. source of It's a really good source of calories if you're not someone who is sensitive to large doses of sugar. Right, right. Yeah, and it's pretty nutrient rich. Yeah, it is. So... Uh, it's actually highly antiviral, especially if you can get stuff local to your area, right? If you know that there's a beekeeper who is just getting the honey and jarring it, right? You can store it indefinitely. If it starts crystallizing, that doesn't mean it's going bad. It just means you have to heat it up. Um, but honey is highly antiviral because actually, <clears throat> especially if you live in an area near old growth forest, um, the bees actually go to the fungi growing under the bark of old growth trees and the the fungi actually has highly antiviral properties it supports the life of the tree they feed on the mycelium yeah they feed on the mycelium uh another way mushrooms are awesome and i would love to do a mushroom segment on this show but i don't want to send any of you out there picking mushrooms and not being able to identify them no that's a real quick way to die real fast yeah because some of those are really fast acting and it doesn't matter how much fucking activated charcoal you have you're gone yeah yeah so back to back to happy okay back to happy um you can tour a national park online as well just like you can the museums all the national parks have walked through virtual tours yeah it's also not a bad idea to just fuck off to a national park until this is all over i mean yeah fair enough yeah (laughs) get yourself a tent (laughs) Um, the NASA, NASA has released the, their entire media library as of this week. So, well, so what, what week. type of stuff do they have? They have, Science books? uh, no, 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 no. This is actual pictures that they've taken. Okay. If you believe NASA's real. Okay. We'll calm just down. go there. <laughs> 
It's like moon pictures, space pictures, the galaxies, all that cool shit. That is cool so, shit. Yeah. What I'm really excited about are the uh, online courses. Yeah. There are 450 Ivy League courses you can take online right now for free. There are, do you know where to find those? Yes. At www.freecodecamp.org. Another great resource for this that's actually always open um, is edx.com, www.edx.com. Um, and they have those massive open online courses as well that you can take for free. And if you can afford it, you can actually pay. It's, it's something like $50 mm-hmm. for most of them, I think. And you can get a certificate saying that you've done that. And I mean, that's not going to be like getting a degree, but it's something you can have, you can put on your resume. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, um, and they're all, they're, there's stuff in like coding and medicine and biology and chemistry, all types of great shit. That's really cool. Uh, so next one, the Ann Arbor Film Festival will be streaming live this year. So... I don't remember the dates for that. My bad. I didn't write that down. But you can find that at www.aafilmfest.org, which is yeah, super cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. One that I'm really, really too geeky excited about Yeah, is that there are 15 Broadway plays and musical you can watch on stage from home right now for free. Yeah, you really are a nerd for that stuff. Dude, I'm so psyched. I am so watching Sweeney Todd the moment I get a down minute. Like, oh. Is the Book of Mormon on there? I don't know. I didn't look at all of them. I've wanted to see that for years. You know when you research, you don't like look at every single specific. Right. It's just information. I'll have to go back and look at these. I've loved South Park forever, and I just like I want to see what the Book of Mormon is because of those guys who made it. So another really cool one, Kindle is doing three months free for all book downloads, which is super fucking cool. And you get to keep them? Yes. That is ridiculously useful. Right? And the New York Library has opened their uh, online book catalog, and it was 10, I mean like thousands and thousands of books i can't remember the exact number but those the are new york all... city public library yeah okay the new york public yeah um they're all for free now too awesome you can awesome go and read them uh so we've talked about how to feed your head now your body so several different places are doing free online workouts in your home um down dog Yoga for Beginners, H-I-I-T, Bear, and 7-Minute Workout are all free until April 1st. Yeah, and that's high-intensity interval training. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also, I believe it was Planet Fitness doing a special where they're going to have some celebrities come in and do sessions too to work out with so that might be really cool if you're into that kind of stuff oh certainly um so i just got a few other ones then we can rack it up okay a hashtag to look into is hashtag sunshine song sunshine song yes 
it's urging children and teens that would have had their school play since a lot of schools have now decided they're closed for the season. They're urging the kids to perform, do their performances online under that hashtag. That's really cool. Right? Really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy that kids like, cause uh, that, that type of thing really crushes kids. Yeah, it you know? does. Um, they work so hard and then all of that effort, they just, you know, f- children don't have the range of life to see that it's, a, sometimes things just fall through, you know? Right. No, so it's world crushing. When, yeah. When they put in a ton of effort for something and then they just don't even get to actualize it at all. It's, I mean, it's, it's awful for them, but the fact that they can put that on and that, that needs to be supported as much as possible. It really honestly. does. Yeah. Um, I, I hate watching shit like that, to be honest, but I'm going to go watch at least one of them now because I, I really want that to be supported as much as possible. Share some on our Twitter, man. I'm going to. Yeah. So another one in my room, in my room. Rolling Stone is presenting live stream concerts from inside heart artists' home. Very cool. Yeah, super cool. Um, another thing, if you're just craving some social interaction, you can twe- check out <clears throat> platforms like Twitch. Uh, a lot of streamers do community game night. Like Shout my out brother. to King Hork. Right, King Hork TV. Uh, he does community game night, and it's really fun. You can play things like Cards Against Humanity type games against each other, and it's just a really good socializing, so you don't lose your mind. Yeah, another if, one. If we do um, find ourselves in some national quarantine, right? Because I'm I'm not at a point where I can stay home yet. But right, if we do find ourselves in that, we will probably end up trying to stream, won't we? Yes, we will. I have a channel set up. I've just. Yeah been getting through the process of it yeah we're working on it we're working on it it might be it might be crude it will definitely be rude oh um, for sure yeah for sure so last one netflix party now allows you to watch movies live with friends and you can have live chat pause it dissect the episode bitch about your character being killed off whatever and watch it together you know hbo could never do that why could they not? After the fucking travesty that was Game of Thrones. Oh God! <laughs> we, I don't. I still don't trust them. I I don't either. No. I, I haven't really used my HBO subscription since Game of Thrones ended. I've watched maybe four episodes of one show. Boy, you got an HBO subscription? Hook me well, up. Well, really, it's my my parents' HBO oh. subscription that they don't say, use. You're all my Disney bitch. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, I can. You know, we sh- we shouldn't we shouldn't even say this out loud <laughs> publicly. <laughs> you know what? I'm not on her Disney. You're not on Someone my Disney. Someone named Scar is on her Disney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone hacked it. Yeah. So guys, y'all stay safe. Like that's Yeah, really. We really like I don't want this episode to be where you take, you know, you go away from it feeling down like the world's ending and it's apocalypse. I want you to feel like you have some resources and some information so you can be prepared for what may come next. It may not. It may not. Also, a lot of what we've said here is good information that you can use pretty much anytime. Right, right. I and mean, who wouldn't take care of some of the take advantage of some of these free things they're offering right now? Like, do yeah. get at it. Well, uh 
I think we're good. I think this went a lot longer than we planned on, but we just we wanted we wanted to give everyone as much information as we could muster quickly. Right, right. So, so. really, uh, stay home if you can. Right, guys. Y'all be safe. Yeah. All right. We hope everyone's well, and we'll talk to you next time. Next week. All right, I'm stopping. <laughs>